Good morning, Shepherd's Gate. Come on in and get a seat. My name is Lisa Bollinger, and I am so excited for you all to be with, here with us today. We have an incredible show coming. Yes. Hello, I'm Ashley, and we are excited because we have the Key of Hope Choir with us. Can we celebrate? We know that God has great things in store for us this morning. Yes, if you are a guest with us today, we are just so happy that you are here, whether you are in person or watching online. We want you to know that our mission here at Shepherd's Gate is to impact the world with the love of Jesus. So everything that we do surrounds that mission. So there's a couple practical details. If you are a guest and you have questions, if you go out to our lobby, there's a connection center with people that are ready and willing to answer all of your questions. If you need a restroom, right through these doors to the left and over to the right, there's bathrooms over there. You're probably smelling something delicious from our kitchen. Unfortunately, it is not for you. It is for the choir afterwards, so don't let that distract you. <laughs> we do appreciate the team pulling the food together for the choir, and we are just really looking forward to sharing more about how Shepherd's Gate has stepped up to help bring the tour here to Shepherd's Gate and for the next six weeks. Before that, Key of Hope is really helping us kick off an incredible holiday and Christmas season here at Shepherd's Gate. So let's check out this video to learn more about what we have going on. Hey, my name is Jim, and for those that don't know, I'm the Worship Arts Director at Shepherd's Gate. We are very excited about everything happening at Shepherd's Gate during the month of December in the Christmas season. On December 7th, there's a great event for families. It's called A Visit with St. Nick. There's a complimentary dinner, and you get to meet the original Santa Claus, St. Nicholas. You can register for that on our website. We're gonna have our regular Sunday services through the month of December, but we're gonna have them in the gym. So there's plenty of room for you, your family, to bring guests, and of course, it'll be online as well. And then we'll have our Christmas Eve services, three on Christmas Eve itself, and one the night before in case you already have plans for Christmas Eve. Those will also be online. There'll be candle lighting, carols, a great Christmas message, and some surprises along the way. So I wanna invite you, your family, and your friends to participate with us. Everyone is welcome. Let's get into the Christmas spirit and have a great December together. All right, well, we have a packed house this morning, so if you could do us a favor and squeeze in, scoot on into the middle so that we can fit and accommodate everyone, we will be bringing out some chairs as well. So we'll be bringing out the choir in just a moment, but before we do, we just want to share how Shepherd's Gate has supported this incredible ministry. And if this is your first time getting to witness and experience the choir firsthand, I am just thrilled for you. Lisa and I both had the opportunity to go to Durban, South Africa and experience the ministry firsthand. And I still remember the first time that I heard the choir within our congregation. And I remember hearing the beautiful stories of these young adults and my heart was just broken. And I prayed in that moment, Lord, please just open up the doors for me to be able to go and further support this ministry. And I'm just really praying that God would stir up in all of your hearts as well, how he would use you to further support this ministry. 
Anytime that I have the opportunity to speak about Key of Hope, I always say that we need more Dan and Rachel Smithers. They're the founder and co-founders. And how Shepherd's Gate stepped up to support this tour is one way that we further extend their efforts. So what does that look like? Well, Pastor Tim spoke last week on how our tithing and offering is so important, right? Because God owns everything. So we give to him first what is already his. In our church, we then commit to donating to our local and global partners like Key of Hope. We give 16% back. How incredible is that? So through that support, we were able to sponsor three of the incredible choir students that you'll meet here in just a moment. And we didn't stop there. As most of you probably know, we opened up the opportunity to do a giving tree. And you all stepped up and you helped us exceed our goal. And we raised over $14,000, amen. Yes, praise God. And that gave us the opportunity to go and purchase all of the essential items that the choir needs, including winter gear, because in South Africa, it is a much different climate, especially right now. Really, really hot there right now. So they don't have a need for winter jackets and boots. And so in addition to that, we purchased sleeping um, sheets and bags. We also did towels and PJ sets. And the list goes on because we just love this ministry, these choir students, and the work that they're doing every day on the ground in South Africa. Yes. Praise God. And we didn't stop there either. So we were made aware that Key of Hope had two cabins that the boys and the girls will be staying in while they're here. Here's a picture of what they looked like beforehand. And then we said, that's not going to do. So we put a team together to gather and collect items to turn it into a cozy, comfortable living space for these beautiful children. And I'd like to give an special shout out to Tim Monkovich who opened up his workshop, Tim and Kim, to create these beautiful benches that you see here as little cubbies that we got to create for all of them to use and keep their stuff in nice and tidy. And as we keep going through the pictures, you'll see the bunks and all of the incredible gifts that we were able to provide to them because of all of you. So thank you, Ron Kazera and the team. I love this. Rachel Smither, a dear friend of mine, the choir director, I said, so Rachel, what are you thinking? What do you want? She's like, well, maybe a Christmas tree. We're like, okay, we'll get you a Christmas tree times four. Amen. And so we just love the opportunity to create this cozy, cozy living space for these beautiful students. And at the end of the day, it's all about sharing the love of Jesus. And let me tell you, this choir is incredible. The ministry that Key of Hope has provided the opportunity for these students that they otherwise would not have. And we've had the opportunity to spend time with these students. So I'm going to encourage you, Shepherd's Gate, please engage with their, with their songs. They're used to liveliness. The energy that they have is incredible. So clap, dance, move around. Wherever the spirit leads, don't hold back. So at this time, the choir is going to take the stage as we watch this video. Growing up in choir hides, 
was not easy. There's a lot of violence. It can be daylight, still have a person jump out of a taxi and punch you with a gun. When you grow up in that community, you don't have trust that you can achieve your goal. Especially if you're a boy full of ambition, because you don't see that many people make it in life. You expose all the drugs, alcohol. It's a hard place like to grow up in and, and to live in. Durban, South Africa. This is the epicenter of the AIDS crisis, with 20% of the world's HIV infections. In some communities here, 60% of women have HIV. Nearly 4,500 South Africans are newly infected every week. One third are young women ages 15 to 24. It is also one of the world leaders in murder, armed robbery, and rape. Poverty here is overwhelming the government, leading to riots, food insecurity, and death. In townships like these, safety is never assured, and hope can be hard to find. But for some, like Melita, hope finds them. My name is Melita Mbande, and I live in Jamaica in Deben, South Africa. I live with my older sister and my siblings. Most of the kids don't have father's presence in their lives, and so the mothers they have to work hard to give their children a better future. By the time it gets at the age of 13 or 14, the boys start smoking or drinking alcohol, and then there's too much teenage pregnancy for the girls. I felt very hopeless because my mother felt very sick and she was about to leave to go to the hospital. It's like she knew that she was leaving us and, and she never came back because she passed on. We didn't know what we were going to do after that. We didn't know what was going to happen to us. It was hard, especially for a young girl because my siblings, they were just depending on me, so I had to take responsibility. I had times when I felt like I want to give up, but I couldn't because I knew that I have to be there for them. But Q4 was there for us, and they helped us with many things. Today, Melita is a leader, helping with home visits, participating in the choir, and charting a new course in her life. So the aim of Kyophobe is to teach people the word of God. So you can't just tell people that God loves you without showing them. Kyophobe shows us that God really loves us by paying school fees, buying a school uniform, buying food, helping with some documents, almost everything. Most of the songs in the choir I really connect with because they talk about my life so I can spread the word of God. I've always learned to sing a song knowing that I understand it and I feel it inside. I'm just grateful to keep for, for being part of my life. I've been through a lot and they've been with me all the way.
Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Kazile, and I hope you've enjoyed our first two songs. Um, our next song is in Zulu, and it's called Bonga, Give Thanks to the Lord. Um, and it says that if um, we, we sing, uh, then um, a broken-hearted person will be happy. I hope you enjoy.
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, don't walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness. I'll fear no evil. For you, Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
just give them one more round of applause if you knew what I know. Good job, guys. Amazing job. If you knew what I knew about what it takes and what it's taken for them to just be able to stand and sing in the way that they do, if you knew the stories like I do, if you knew the backgrounds and, and where God has brought them from, I mean, it's just absolutely, undoubtedly miraculous. Um, also, what's unbelievable is the way Shepherd's Gate has welcomed us here to Michigan. Um, I know a lot of you were involved and contributed to the things that Ashley and Lisa were talking about. Um, just incredible. The kids were able to arrive at their accommodations there at, at the camp that we're staying at. And you saw the pictures, but I wish you could see the kids over the last couple of days as they've just settled in. Um, from, from the welcome home welcome mat that Ashley put in there, and the, the, there's couches in there, and, and, and Christmas trees, and just all kinds of stuff, and they just, I mean, they settled right in. You would think they've been living there for 10 years. Um, so thank you so much for everything that you've done for us, for the kids. It's really made our arrival here uh, warm and uh, welcoming. Uh, my name is Dan Smither. And my wife, Rachel, and I, she's the one who, who directs the choir, uh, we moved to Durban, South Africa about 15 years ago now, uh, in 2008. Um, now, Durban, South Africa, I'm going to do, do a little quiz. I have a couple of things here, and I want to see if, if anybody knows anything about Durban, South Africa. So I'll start with something easy. Here's a Christmas ornament. I'll give you a Christmas ornament. If you can tell me... Um, anyone that can tell me, within 100,000 people, what's the population of Durban, South Africa? Just shout it out. A million? No, higher. 10 million? Lower. 6 million? Lower. 4 million? Lower than 4 million. See, now you're going to have to get into the point something, because it's got to be within 100,000. So it's 3 point something. 3.1? No. 3.3. It's higher than 3.3. 3.7. I, I heard it. There he is. 3.7 million people in Durban. All right. There you go. Hang that on your Christmas tree. There you go, young man. Okay. Uh, let's do another one. Durban, South Africa. Uh, let's see. I'll do this one for, for a CD uh, with a, with looks like a bracelet around it too. Um, who was the first president of South Africa in 1994. Mandela, you said it, I heard, I heard you right here. Can you catch it? Don't let anyone get killed. There you go, all right, give him a hand, he caught it. Okay. Now this last one, you are allowed to use Google. So pull out your phones. This is, this is for one of our t-shirts that, that, that are available back in the back. It's, it's a medium, so if it's the wrong size, go and they'll exchange it for you. How far is Durban, South Africa, from Detroit, Michigan? 8,000? Close. 8,746. Hey, 8,746, he got it. Thank you, Google. All right. 
So when we moved to Durban, South Africa, we just showed up. My, my daughters, I have four daughters. Um, one of them sings in the choir. I don't know if you could see which one was <laughs> my daughter, if you really look close. Um, but at the time, we were seven years old and five years old and two years old, and she was six weeks old when we moved to South Africa. So give my wife a hand for dragging all those babies around. She's been amazing. So, and we just showed up and just began going into the townships, into the slums, into the communities, and to find where it was that, that kids needed help. And as you saw from the video, even though the AIDS epidemic is, has largely disappeared from the headlines around the world, it still rages on in sub-Saharan Africa, and especially in South Africa. We are at the front line. We're at the very epicenter of the AIDS epidemic globally. Um, one out of every five people with HIV lives in South Africa worldwide. Um, and 20% and of the population is HIV positive. And in the communities where we work, a majority, majority, more than 50% of people are HIV positive. And so you can imagine what this is doing as it decimates an entire generation, leaving a gap where parents would normally be, and leaving an entire generation behind them lost and forgotten. Um, like, a, like a little girl that showed up at Key of Hope earlier this year, and she showed up in a, in a dress that was too big for her, barefoot, filthy, hair, modeled and, and, and unkempt, and our staff, and, and we, we deal with so many kids on a, on a daily basis. We have about 1,500 kids every Saturday that show up to our kids club, and she was one of those, but we spotted right away, could see this kid was in trouble. Um, so we, we brought her into the offices, you know, out of, normally we, the kids are meeting in a tent. We brought her out of there and, and kind of down into where our offices are, and, and they gave her a sandwich. And I have a picture of her that day, and I went down into the offices to check on her, little Lorato, and, and when I did, I kind of got close to her, just say, hey, hey, baby, how are you doing? And, you know, and, and she squeezed, you can see in the picture, she squeezed that sandwich so tightly and so hard that the, the bread was squeezing through her fingers because she was afraid I was going to take it or that someone was going to take it from her. And, and she, her little hand wasn't even big enough to hold the solo cup, so she held it from the top and she held that sandwich and she did not let go of either one of those things until... The sandwich was in her belly, and there was nothing left in that cup. I don't know if, if growing up you had to memorize the Lord's Prayer, but this year we did a whole series with our kids and our young people on the Lord's Prayer. And I don't know which version you, you used growing up, but I like the old kind of, the old-timey one. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In Jesus' time, when he taught that, when he told his disciples, this is how you pray. Here's the example of how you pray. When he was giving that example to the disciples, the literature of his time, the middle of the story, in in Hebrew literature, it's the middle of the story that's most important. And if you go back through the Old Testament, the now... In Hollywood, it's like it, it reaches the climax towards the end. But in, in, in that time, it was the middle. And that, that middle line, give us this day our daily bread, is a prayer that Lorato didn't know. She didn't know the, the theological underpinnings of the Lord's Prayer and, and how we might break it down in a church Sunday school class here in America. Kids all over the world pray that prayer, not even realizing that they're following the example that Jesus gave us of how to pray. And they don't pray it because they're trying to have a prayer life. They don't pray it because they're wondering how to pray or what is this like and how can I incorporate prayer into my life. They're they're not praying it because they're following the example that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 6. They're praying that prayer because they're desperate. Kids just like Lorato, who will lay on their pillow as tears stream down their face and and just think, if if there's something, anything out there, I need food. Last year, Lorato and her siblings lost their mom. She, She died. And what happened to the four of them, her, her oldest brother is six. And what happened to the four of them is what happens to so many children in this situation. Life just goes into a downward spiral. Like, like that was on the video and, and sang our first solo. For a while, in, in Lorato's home, the neighbors were, were kind of looking out for them a little bit and whatever, but, but without a parent in the home, things just go downhill. And, and when she showed up at Kids Club so hungry that day, they, they were running out of ways to find food. They were running out of neighbors to ask. And, and any surplus that they had had was, was used up. And when she showed up to Kids Club that day, out of 1,500 other kids that were there that day, Many of them in similar situations. She came with that prayer on her lips. Give us this day our daily bread. And as I leaned toward her to say, hey, how's it going? She just turned and just just pulled that sandwich in. Because for her, at least in the moment, that prayer had been answered. She wasn't going to let anything disturb or interrupt that. So one of our, one of our staff, um, shortly after that, incorporated Lorato and her siblings into our home visit program. Every single child that comes to any of our programs gets visited by one of our staff at home every single week. And so Kazile, the one that, that introduced the one song, remember her? That's her. She visits them at home every single week. And make sure that they have what they need and, and make sure that they're taken care of and that, that, that they have food. We provide them with a, a food parcel regularly so that we know they have food. 
Every single child that comes. So we visit over 2,000 children every single week, either myself or one of our staff that goes and visits those kids just to make sure that they're okay. What we do at Key of Hope is lifelong discipleship. We're just committed to just walk through them, walk through life with them as long as they need us. And through these home visits, Kazina would come back and, and, and tell me about the situation. Uncle Dan, would you please come and see what's happening? And, and, and so I did, and I walked with Kazile through the, the community that, that she visits. She's, she was herself in a similar situation, having lost her mother and lost her aunt and then another aunt and then moved in with Granny. And, and as she walked up to that house, I knew that Kazile inherently, instinctively understood what these kids were going through. Because as I walked up to the house, the house, not even a house, the, the, the shack, but, but I can't even call it that, was, was just falling down. Literally, pieces of the house were, were falling down as they would sleep at night. The house was just falling. And I remember Kazile even telling me with tears in her eyes because she, she was in that situation. She said, Uncle Dan, is there something we can do? And I said, absolutely. So we, we put some plans in place. We looked for some sponsors to help uh, uh, with them with a new house. And I want to tell you that about a month ago, we were able to move little Lorato and her siblings into a new house. We put bunk beds in it and uh, the first table and chairs they had ever had and had a, a, a countertop there with, with a stove plate and a kettle and, and everything that they would need to not only survive, but actually have a home. And have a family. And so this is a picture of her and I about a month ago as, as in their, their very first week in their, in their new home. And I want to tell you this. Lorato's not out of the woods yet. She still will pray that prayer probably every single day. Not even realizing it's part of what we call the Lord's Prayer. But do you know... That might be the only part of the Lord's Prayer that I believe, and if you think about it, has been answered. Give us, because when it's, it's not give me, it's give us. We start the prayer by saying, our Father. Everyone who calls God Father, our Father. When I say our Father, I'm praying on behalf of all of us. He's our Father. And so when we say, give us this day our daily bread, it's give us, all of us, this day our daily bread. Not just me. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I just believe God's answered that prayer. Because we probably know and are aware here in America, the world produces enough food to feed the world more than, more than once over. Almost twice over. And that's so often how God operates. When he wants to deliver something, when he wants to give something to someone, he entrusts it to a few so that they can distribute. Think about it. When, when Jesus fed the 5,000, he, he broke the, the bread and the fishes, and he gave it to his disciples, and then they distributed it all over the crowd. I think of something even like the Ten Commandments. When God wanted to give his law and, and, and the Ten Commandments to his entire nation 
of Israel, he gave it to Moses. And then Moses then took it and distributed it to the people. When Jesus wanted to spread this good news of the gospel around the world, he gave it to his disciples and said, now go take this all over the world. And I believe that we as Americans have been entrusted with so many of the things that God wants to be delivered all over the world. Bread, food. We have enough food here. That should be being distributed all over the world. And it's not even always the tangible things like, like bread or money. You know, I, I know we, we hear a lot about inflation here, but I, I don't think anyone here, no matter what inflation does for the rest of the year, is going to be in danger of living on less than $2 a day like, like the people in Africa are doing on our poverty line. $700 a year. It's not just money, though. Families. So many of you here live in a family. You live in a house. There, there, there's a mother there. There's parents. There's, there's brothers and sisters. Maybe you even have extended family. And there's love in your house. That's not just for your house. We have to spread that love all over the world. God's given us faith. He's given us the good news. He's given us hope for the future. I'm sure Almost everybody in this room knows what you're doing tomorrow. You know you're going to eat tomorrow. You know what you're going to plan for 2023. You'll be able to make New Year's resolutions and think about what's going to happen in the future. That hope is a commodity that we might take for granted but is rare in other parts of the world. And we take all of these things that God's given us, our daily bread. I'm not praying that just for me. I'm not praying that just for my house. My wife and I are taking everything that God's given us. I grew up in a big family. I'm the oldest of 14 kids. There was lots of love in my house. Lots of food. Lots of everything. And I don't know about you, but I'm committed to taking everything that God has put in me and, and taking it all over the world to share what God has given me with these kids that you see on the stage and thousands more like them in Durban and Africa and all over the world. And I want to challenge you today to do the same thing, not only here in this church family at Shepherd's Gate, but in your community, throughout this county, in Durban, South Africa, as y'all have helped us, and all over the world. Watch this next video. It's going to introduce the choir as they come back. Can they sing a few more songs for y'all? It's about to get really good. It's about to get really good. Watch this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is Key of Hope, an organization focused on reaching children who have been left behind. It is a bridge to education, a place for children to feel safe, a transport to needed medical care, a voice for the powerless, and a conduit of hope that is found in Christ's love. Every day, hundreds of children 
connect to Key of Hope through Kids Club, youth night, home visits, sports camps, mentoring programs, or one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And it is because of this ongoing mission that this work has made an incredible impact in thousands of homes throughout South Africa. I wish sometimes I could just tell people, come see it yourself, come experience it. It's all about love and relationship. Key of Hope is a place that can make you feel comfortable. They do a lot of things. They paid my school fees at school. They came and gave us food, and a shot of food. It just helped me enjoy my Christian life and my journey. It was a place I could go to when I needed like, to, to feel loved and I also like faced difficulties at home. Like maybe there was a shortage for food and like I couldn't afford my station or my school fees. So like Key of Hope was like always there like to help me in those things. Key of Hope helps financially, it helps physically, it helps spiritually and also emotionally. Being involved at Key of Hope just made me comfortable with who I am and what God has put in me. They just, they've been amazing in my life. And it's not something that's short term. It's always there, like your whole life. After more than a decade of reaching, educating, and loving the children of Durban, South Africa, Key of Hope is empowering a generation of young adults as they reach out to their communities and carry out this mission themselves. As they share in the work to meet with each child who participates in Kids Club during weekly home visits, as they pass out food parcels to those with the greatest needs or lead worship on Saturdays, they become the hands and feet of Christ. All over the world, to me it symbolizes and emphasizes that I'm given a chance to do that to other people and share whatever that God has put in me and has done for me and share it to other people. Because I feel like Kill Hope has like given us like so much and feel like this is a chance for us like to go all over the world and share. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age.
Change this. 
as they exit the stage. Okay, so they are going to be out in the lobby so you can meet them and say hi to them, give them high fives, they love hugs. They also have a great table where you can purchase Key of Hope items, their CDs, sweatshirts, t-shirts. If you did not get a chance to donate during the time between um, things back in October and into November when we were preparing the cabins, and supporting them financially, you can go directly onto the website at keyofhope.org and you can um, financially support them that way. They would be so grateful. And you can see all of the work that they are doing there in Durban. It's an incredible cause. Okay, so let's end by receiving this blessing from our Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. And don't forget our services go back to 9 and 10:45 next Sunday in the gym. Thank you. Savior now.